Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Today I'll be talking about Don't Believe the Hype is a Sequel. So oldies, some of you guys know what it, that song, and it had to do with social injustice. And in the rap, it says, don't, don't believe the hype is a sequel, because they kept saying, change is coming. And they will say it and say it, but no change was coming. And so he was like, don't believe the hype is a sequel. It's going to be over and over, the same thing. Nothing's going to change. And so the sequel is the repetition in our life, and the hype is when we think that we're going to change something, but we end up in the same place. Don't believe the hype is a sequel. We're going into a new year, and every year has, people has those, those ambitions. This is the year! This year I'm going to do this, and don't believe the hype. It's a sequel. Because a lot of times we start, we're, 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 we're head-driven, but not heart-bound. And so today I just want to leave you with a couple nuggets of some foundational truth that wrecked my life. I'm only sharing what's working in my life. I'm not going to bring you something that's not working. It's working in my life, and I've seen people's lives transform. And I just want to leave you with a couple nuggets. And, uh, and I hope that, 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 that it blesses you in a special way because I know God's about to do something. So let's go to uh, opening verse in Romans chapter 8. I want to say uh, thanks to the... My posse that came with me, as I told them. Yeah, we rolling deep. I said, just in case I mess up, we'll go out the back door. <laughs> Get ready. So let's read Romans 8. This is Paul speaking, and I love the language he uses here. Because it's a language that we all should have. It's a language that we know who we are. We know that we know that we don't. It's not something here in the mind. It's something in the heart because God is looking for heart transformations. And look how he goes in Romans 8 and he says, I'm absolutely convinced. Hold on for a second. I'm absolutely convinced. He is saying something so profound. And I want you to understand that he's saying he is profoundly convinced because sometimes the one we need to convince is our own heart. So here he's saying, me and my heart, we're one. We, we're convinced because a lot of times we start something and we fail. And then all of a sudden we start again and he goes, uh, the heart says, don't believe the hype is a sequel. Because you tried so many times and failed that your heart doesn't even believe you. And we have to come into this agreement. And I think I always say that the heart always plays hard to get because for the word of God to get there, it takes effort. It takes time. You have to be precise in what you're doing. You got to say, oh, I'm going to take this, by the, this, this life by the bull's horn and I'm going to ride this. You got to be aggressive. And so here Paul says, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic today or tomorrow, high, low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between me and God's love. Woo! Do you know what that statement says? I'm not, I'm not talking about a love that's conditioned because we are so conditioned to love with conditions. That when we love people, we love them with conditions because we think God has conditions. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God's love is without condition. Despite your errors, he's going to love on you. He's going to chase you down. Because once you know that you're loved by God, this love of God, oh my God, 
This love, this love, I love we were talking about earlier about Kanye West. He's out there preaching. He's, oh, is it for this? Is it for that? Who cares? A message is being preached. Who cares? How many hits that uh, Christianity hit on, on, the, uh, on the internet that is it, just going crazy? Just Kanye West. For whatever reason it is, he's preaching what? Well, he's preaching love. He's preaching the message. And so regardless of what, his, what, what, his, what he has up his sleeve or whatever, man, he's just, he's out there loving on people. He's saying the message. Like he's, man, he was like, what, in Times Square, the biggest thing, Jesus is king. Come on. Man, what, who knows what happened to him? Because all, all you need is one touch of love from God. All it is, one touch, one crumb. That you, you get the revelation. Listen to me. I was serving God for about four or five years, and it wasn't until I found grace that I knew what love was. I was wrecked five years later. I was accepting God again because now I heard of you. Now my eyes see who you are because this is a revelation, and that's what God wants you. Not, it's not something that we, 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 we talk about. And it's, no, it's something that's inside of you. It's who you are. I'm agape love. That's who I am. I'm not trying to love on you. I am love. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in this love of God. And it's in your heart. Tell your neighbors, in your heart. Don't believe the hype. It's a sequel. And so, sequels are things that are repeated over and over. And uh, I just watched uh, Terminator. How many of you watched that? Spoiler alert. Now I'm not. All I got to say is this to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, don't come back. <laughs> you know, because, again, you, you believe the hype. You see the scenes, right? They give you the, you believe the hype. And then when you go, you're like, it's the same thing again and again. Going back, we're forward. It's the same thing. Tell your neighbor, don't believe the hype is a sequel. So we're going into this new year and. Every time that we go into a new year, there's a lot of people that start the gym. Anybody, anybody has the gym thing? I go to the gym all the time, so I know the seasons. And I know when New Year's come in, you see people with, some of them even had the tags of their clothes. They just bought it. I mean, that's a newbie. That's a newbie. Give them some time. They'll be gone. Why? Because we, we, we tend to say this from the head, but we don't say it from the heart. Because true transformation happens when you decide in your heart and you're absolutely convinced that this is what you want to do. When I came to Christianity, I don't, my story is I, I did witchcraft for 10 years, so I know that side worked. And when I came here, I had everything I wanted except I was empty. And then it was only when I met grace, when I met grace, that it filled me to the point that th that's all I do now. Like, that's, that's my life now. And, and I believe that. Once you get this and understand this, your life starts changing. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to have the... The Bible says that we go from glory to glory. Matter of fact, it doesn't say miracle to miracle. Glory to glory. Faith to faith and grace to grace, right? So there's dimensions to this. Like, we should be... When I was doing witchcraft, there was dimensions to that. Every year I was rising up. And how is it that I'm going to come on this side and it's not going to go from glory to glory? It's not that the Bible's wrong. It's my interpretation, my perception of the scriptures not accurate, so I need to change and shift my lenses. It's funny that next year we're going into 2020. You know what 2020 means in eyesight? I can see clearly now. Tell your neighbor, I can see clearly now. This ain't going to be the same year coming up. That's going to be the, the other years. This year, God wants to shift something in your heart, and I believe God's going to give you some nuggets today. Many times, you know, we're, we're head-driven but not heart-bound. And uh, there's a quote 
that I, my Plato says, thinking, the talking of a soul with itself, right? So we're always in our thinking. And, and I didn't realize that when we're thinking, a lot of times we think our thinking is here, but we have two minds. And so sometimes we, we're double-minded, and I never understood that scripture until I understood that I can believe it here, but my heart doesn't believe it. So I'm double-minded. And it says an un, a double-minded person is unstable in everything he does, unfit for anything good. I was like, what? Because you could talk something, but it's not evident in your life. You could say something, but it's not evident in your life. And so the thing is that I have to find out that I have to, my, it's my job to take this scripture and this anointing of God and meditate it and allow it to fall into my heart because the conversion happens in your heart, not in your mind. A true repentance and a true change happens inside your heart. And, and I saw another, this one, I didn't, I didn't have a name. It says, uh, I've been trying to convince my shadow that I'm someone worth following. So a lot of times our battle is within us. We're believing something, we're thinking something, we're hoping something, but your heart is seeing something else. And a lot of times we don't move into that dimension. And so we have to understand that God has a plan in our lives, right? And so I, I was studying and usually when God uh, asks you a question on, uh, on scriptures, because obviously he has something different for you, right? And so I brought up Matthew 7, 24. He's talking about the two different foundations. He's talking about two different foundations. Is there a piano? Can I get my piano here? I just need to float around with the piano. <laughs> I'm just a floater. And so... I'm home studying and studying and studying. What does this mean? Uh, oh, sand, it's unstable, and, and the, the stone is hard, right? He says, well, that is really representing two minds. And, and so I want to read this because a lot of times our stability in our walk with God is not etched on what God says. Because we have it in our minds, and you got to understand, you could have it here, but this here is unstable in all ways. Today we feel A, tomorrow we feel B, right? And But then he talks about the stone, and we're going to read this, because it's profound that a lot of times when I came, to me it's like this, I, I came to the walks of God, and I said, I had a lot of questions, I don't know about you, but I was asking a million and one questions, and I didn't understand many things in the walk, and it's like they, I wasn't taught from grade one or grade two what is grace, I, was, I, I got caught up in religion, and so I was like coming forward and moving into this dimension, I was like, Lord, how could I make it better for somebody else? How, how, how could I guide somebody in, in, in this walk, in this journey? Because again, when you come to God, you come broken, you come empty, right? And then you're coming and you're coming and you're coming every Sunday and you're tithing and you're coming and you're believing, you're believing, but nothing is changing. I don't know about you, but that gets frustrating because how could they be saying something? It's not happening in my life. What, what, what's going on? And a lot of times the simplicity is, is, is that we're not really established on something. 
right? Just because we hear something doesn't mean it sticks. Like I'm doing a, a book called Original Settings, How to Be Your Own Inner Engineer and shift some things that are in your heart. Because I always say this, when, when we were born, we were born with an original setting and God had established something great in our life. But our circumstances and our situations and perhaps what we were raised up, they started shifting around the soundboard. And now it shouldn't sound good. It doesn't sound good anymore. Did you know that your first, oh, this is so good. I'm ready. I'm ready. The first seven years of your life, the only thing that works and operates in your life is not your subconscious, is your heart. And that is your, that's your subconscious. Your conscious doesn't start till after seven. Here, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. So from zero, actually the third trimester, all the way to seven, you had no opinion on whatever you learned and whatever you saw and whatever you felt. All you was doing was recording. For seven years, traumas, not being loved, abandonment. All these emotions were being recorded inside your heart and you didn't have an option to delete it. You was a byproduct of your environment for the first seven years of your life. And whatever you went through is already recorded there and there's no way of taking it out. And from 7 to 12 is the, is the time of identity. And so if your first seven years wasn't established on love, then what are you establishing your identity on? We live in a society with broken homes. Love is not, you, you, they throw it around and stick it on everything, but I'm talking about the love of God. We wasn't raised up in that, so how do we get an identity when love is not the, the stability of who I am? I remember when I used to play football and I used to look to the side and hoping that my dad would come. And he never came, right? So you're growing up with these things that are missing. And nobody tells you nothing. You come to God, God, I'm, I'm broken, I'm, I'm empty, and... I need answers, and how do we do this, and is, does a feather touch my forehead? What is it? Please tell me what I need to do. And so, so from 7 to 12 is when your conscience starts, starts operating, and now you're, you're trying to make way of, of the things you see and based on the things that happen, right? So here you are, 12. Now at 13, you know, most boys, they, the boys change and the women, right? It's because the conscience and the subconscious come together. And now start develop, developing who you're going to be the next from 13 to 21 you're building your identity on your first 21 years what do we do with that that's the way i am no that's the way you was created you you wasn't created to be like that you you learned those behaviors do you know that a baby when they're in, in the womb they know how to swim and and if you throw them in the water they know how to swim do you know why how they forget how to swim is by the fear of the parents. Fear is learned. So how many other things have we lost because of fear? My parents' fear of failure was passed on to me, and so now when I think of, of, of success, there's the fear, and the fear stops me, but I'm, I'm gifted. Who knew that I was gifted to be a businessman? I grew up in, in, in the urban area on welfare with cheese and free cheese. And, like, I hated it. The wick cheese. <laughs> Back in the... and, and, hey, you guys, they got it good now. Before, it was like one big lump sum. I'd be like, man, I, you have big chunks of cheese like this of two bread on mom. It's got to be a better way to this. We got to do something about this. I don't want this cheese. And I, then they used to give, we had coupons. Now they got, they're all, they're all high tech now. They just pull out a card and you don't even know. 
before they had colored colored paper, they were orange, yellow, blue. Come on, somebody. I was like, Mom, Mom, I'm, I'm not going to the store with those papers. And, and so these things are, are that stirred me up. But the good thing is that these things did something inside of me because I want you to understand that it stirred me up to do something about it rather than to be a victim. Because I said, Mom, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be rich. I don't know how. I'm just, this is not what, this is not the big picture here. Because per, perception is everything. If, if we look at, a, at an elephant, huge, right? And then we look at a lion, small, right? We look at sizes. We go, hey, that, that elephant could stomp on that lion in one second. <laughs> Done. He's dead. And the lion's so puny, how are you going to get this big thing? But in their minds, when the elephant looks at, at the lion, he sees it with fear, and it starts running. And the lion sees the elephant like, no fear. I'm going to tackle it down and break it down. So what is the difference between both of them? Perception. And so if you're, if you're always looking at everything with fear, you're always going to be chasing peanuts. Because you get... You yet to understand who is inside of you. You yet to understand your perception has to shift so that when you see a lion, you don't see it in, in terror, but you see it, I'm going to stomp on this. Because it's all about perception. And perception, here it is. Here it is. I want you to lean on this. Perception comes from your heart. So if the word of God never penetrates your heart, you're still thinking like you used to think. And so you're wondering why you end up in the same place every year because you have not changed the address of where you're going. And a lot of times it's the foundation that we're standing on. And I love how in, in, in this scripture here in Matthew, Jesus starts talking and he's talking about this analogy. And this just came fresh. This is, I was preparing for you guys and God showed me this. He was like, that's two different things right there. And there's two different minds. And I'll, Watch this. Let's go to Matthew. You got it? There you go. Okay. Ready? Okay. But everyone... Watch this, it's so good. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who's built a house on the sand. When it rained and it, and it rained and the flood came with winds and waves beating upon the house, it collapsed and it was swept away. And so here he's talking about you can't build a house on the sand. And, and I was like, the, the, the sand is our mind, right? We were unstable in our ways. One day I feel A, another day I feel B. One minute I'm cold, another minute I'm hot. So we can't build for God anything here because it's unstable. So then he goes on to say uh, on, the next, on the next verse, I believe. There you go. It says, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. And the foundation that he's talking about here, we're talking about your heart. Are you standing on what God says or are you standing on what you hope you see? Are you moved by what you see? Because today you're A, tomorrow you're B. Even your love for God is unstable, but his love for you is always and when you keep your eyes on his love, that's what changes. Not you, your, your eyes on him. But you got to know this, that you know, you got to be convinced. 
You got to be convinced that you're loved by God. You got to be convinced that you have something in your life that God wants to do through you. You got to be convinced. I'm not an elephant. I'm a lion. You might, you might not see it now, but if you have heart, I know growing up in urban, in urban areas, they, they, if someone was really tough, they'll be like, oh, he's got what? Heart. Even if he's four feet tall, five feet, he's got heart. So what that means is that in his heart, he don't see four feet, five feet. In his heart, he sees a giant. And it's the perception that you have on the situations that go on in your life that's going to shift your life. It's how you perceive it. If God for you, who against you? Who against you? That's even asking a question. Who against you? Fear only comes because you don't know who you're walking with. Because it says perfect love. And look what it says, perfect love. So love has a circle. It's a fullness. So how much of his love do you know? How much of his love is in your side, your heart? Is it the fullness of his heart? If it's the fullness of his love in your heart. Because then, oh, everything changes. I like that song, everything changes. One look, just one look, is it? The song? Just one look. Everything changes. And so, as I was studying this, and, and, and it seems like, in my life, I was always building stuff based on me and my emotions, and, and everything was unstable. And, and the thing is that on both houses, guess what? The storm is coming. So just because you serve God or you don't serve God, storm is coming on both. Except when you are grounded in God, your house, you might lose a shingle, but you're not losing the house. You might lose a, a shutter, but you're not losing your ground. You might lose a little... might lose a sighting but your house is still standing because you're standing on the, on the rock it's solid it's not moved like I'm not it doesn't matter what comes my way I'm not moved from what I believe I don't care what happens in my life why I am on the rock Jesus Christ is the rock. If I'm going to build my life, I'm going to build my life on what he says. I don't care what people say about me. All I care. And so, so there's just some ground rules that we didn't have. And I was sharing with you earlier that in the first seven years, a lot of times we don't have the necessary ingredients, the, the secret sauce to build a successful life. And when I talk about a, a, a successful life, I'm not talking about you reaching all the accolades of your life and ringing the bell and I did it. If, you, if God is not with you, you didn't do anything. And I'm talking from experience. I had built three dealerships and hit the bell, a $1.2 million house, hit the bell. When I was there, I was like, what did I achieve? I'm still empty. Rich people, they, they have mega money, but they're still empty. And, and then after I lost everything, I had everything. I didn't know what it is to be full because I was a little full of myself. And I was my own God, and I had my own accolades, right? But those accolades couldn't fill my heart because there's only God himself. It says, uh, Solomon says that eternity is built inside of our hearts. And the only one that could fill it is he who is the beginning and the end is Jesus Christ. And after I lost everything that I, that I received the fullness of who he was, I was rich. Even though I lost everything, because I know that if, I, if God is for me, then who against me? If I did that on the witchcraft, what could I do with God? But I had to watch this. I had to believe this. I had to believe this. Not, not, not from here, because 
But from here, I needed to perceive who I'm walking with. I needed to perceive his love. I had to perceive my identity. I had to perceive it from here. Nobody told me that until I started reading Psalms. It says, meditate on my word day and night, and then you'll be prosperous. And then. Everybody say, and then. I didn't get the part before. The meditating day and night, not, I've been studying in a neuroscience, and I'm coming out with my book. It's really, really great, and I'm not putting a plug. But when I started studying this, there's something called the quantum Zeno effect. This is neuro, I'm, I don't need your faith right now. I'm just telling you science, because right now, science is catching up to the truth of God's word. So now you don't even need faith. It's called a quantum Zeno effect. And what that is, is the law of repetition. So they did a study, and they found that when someone keeps repeating something over and over and over, it goes from your temporary mind to your, to your permanent mind. That's your heart. And so when God says, meditate my word day and night, he's saying, I want you to say this over and over, meditate it, chew on it every day, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. For 63 days, it goes from here to here, 63 days. So imagine, this is just science saying whatever you repeat goes in there, but imagine if you start repeating what God says about you. So now you don't have to say it anymore, it's who you are. When, when somebody says, uh, does God love you? He's like, I said, what? He has, he has my picture on his wallet. That's how much he loves me. Right? And, and so, but it's, it's from a position that I know that I know I'm, that I'm convinced I'm convinced that God is for me. I'm convinced that he loves me. I'm convinced that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm convinced. Like, I, when I speak about it, I speak about it from a position, this is who I am. And I want to leave you with, a, with, with some foundational truth today. And this is something that uh, we've been studying at, at Matrix, and we, we believe we started doing a Matrix of verses, so, so the verse repetition. And, uh, and this is something that, that has transformed my life. This is something simple, really simple. And if you apply it to your life, like I'm going to give you some scriptures. And, and they're detailed because Jesus says, I come to give you life and life in, what? in abundance. Right? When God gives, he gives you like way more, right? And so what does that look like? At the end of the day, what does that look like? Like at the end of the day, when, when, when Paul says, I learned to be content in the good and the bad, what is he talking about? He learned to be content because he learned who he was. And once you know who you are, it doesn't matter if you have money or you don't. It doesn't matter. And I'm telling you from a position that I had it all and I lost it. I'm like, I'm in a place that when I get up in the morning, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in my life. Why? Because it's, it's who I am. It's, 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 it's like transformed. The Bible says, renew your mind to be what? Transformed. Trans, the transformation happens as you continue understanding the scriptures and you make them yours. They're not yours until you know them from, from, from top to bottom, from your heart. Then they're yours. Okay, look, I'll give you an example. When we went to school, when we were younger, first grade, right, they make you make your, do your name how many times? Over, right? So the law of repetition has already been in our life. What if we did that with scripture? I want to challenge you. What, what, what if you, for God, so loved, for, for God so loved me. Like, you take these verses and make them yours and make them yours where it penetrates your heart. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the following year, you do these simple principles. They're simple principles. You meditate in the morning and you meditate at night. You meditate on what God says about you. 
I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you'll send me, send me an email. Like, I guarantee you, you'll be like, Pastor, you're not going to believe what's happening in my life. Because I know I'm not even asking for faith. I'm telling you, you do this, this is what's going to happen. Why? The Bible says it. And so I'm going to give you this last, these, these four. The first, the first one is this. It's, it's love, right? And so this is a verse that we have. And, and the reason love, this I could probably speak, stay for like three hours. Because the love that I'm talking about is not a love that's conditioned. I'm talking about agape. Everybody say agape. Agape love is a love without conditions. God loves you without conditions, right? And then only when you receive this love could you give this love away, right? That, you know why Jesus said, uh, do this often with the communion because it's bread? How many here like bread? Oh, my bread lovers. So he figured you're going to eat bread every day, right? So he says, do this in remembrance of who? Of him. And so it's like we got to go to the cross. And Paul says, you know, I die daily. It's just remembering and receiving. Remember and receive this agape love because you got to be full of something to give it away. You can't withdraw $1,000 when you never made a deposit. And then if you're looking at it from a love of a condition, then you're conditioning all your relationship based on if they do the right thing. And if they don't, you cut them out. That's not agape love. And the best way you can do love is, says, hey, I, I, I want you to even go a little further. I want you to love your enemies. Because it's easy to love people you love. He went deeper. And you know what I found out? That when you love, uh, you release endorphins. Uh, oxytocin, these are uh, chemicals that bind people, bind you with someone, right? And the third one is HGH. You know what that is? It's human growth hormone. In other words, when you love, your body releases growth. So when he tells you, it's awesome because, you know, as parents, we know we tell our kids to do something. We know we're doing it for their what? They're good, right? And you don't want to sit there and start being, no, I'm doing it because of this. You're like, I'm the father. Listen to me. And they're like, but why, but why, but why, but why? And it's funny because we, we say that like, because I said, but yet for God's word, we always about why, but why. <laughs> but why? And but now it's like when we do this, there's something inside of us that allows us to go to different levels. Even when you, when you, when you apply empathy or, or gratitude. You know that when you do gratitude in the morning, let's say in the morning you get up. This is, this is stuff that I've been finding out. When you get up with a gratitude heart, meaning thank you, Lord. Like the Bible says, come into his courts with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, because you gave me another day. Thank you for what I have. I got a roof over my head. Thank you for the job that I'm going to. Thank you for the clothes I'm going to wear. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my wife. Thank you. Thank you. You know what you're doing inside? Your body's releasing endorphins that feel good chemical that most people got to take drugs to feel. You feel it because you're just saying thank you. Thank you. Woo. Look at that. You go with gratitude and inside, inwardly, and you know these chemicals last for 10 to 12 hours during your whole day. You know you could shift your whole morning by just coming and waking up and saying thank you. Meditation, endorphins. Another meditation, prayer, your body releases endorphins. And so when the Bible says, those that seek me early, find me, why does he say early? Because if you do that, you're shifting your day. Tell your neighbor, shift your day. Just getting up and saying thank you. Do you know that if you work out for about 10 minutes the, the, in the morning, is the highest amount of cortisol in your, in, your, in your body, which is the fight or flight. But if you work out for like 10 minutes of walk around and then you do gratitude, you really, your cortisol level goes to zero. By the way, that's what gets you angry. You ever get up in the morning and say, I woke up in the wrong side of the bed. No, you woke up in the same side of the bed. It's just your attitude. 
The attitude woke up on the wrong side. So I'm starting to learn all this, and I'm, I'm applying it into my life. I'm like, I got to write a book about this. And so I started in, ja in January. I did a 30-day fast. I came out of the fast. I started writing, and I've been writing and writing because I want to get you to another level. My job here is to get you to another level with God. You got to be so fired up that you don't, you're not fired up when you're in the church. You get fired up wherever you go. When you wake up in the morning, you'll thank you, Lord, for you are with me. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you, because I'm not alone. If you're for me, who against me? When you come out with that attitude, you're elevating the attitude of in your emotional realm, man. It don't matter what people do. You ever notice that, how you go to a camp, a spiritual camp, and you come back, and you're like, oh, it's okay. And then three days later or four days, you go back to normal. But imagine if you could keep that level just by saying thank you. Just by getting up in the morning. If you get up in the morning at 7, get up another half hour early and thank him God for another day. Thank him for what's about to happen. Whatever you want to envision in your life, envision it. Let, let. You know what's happening? Our imagination, God gave it to us. It's what we create, right? The, the Bible says God in his mind, he, by faith he created. So that means he created in his mind, right? So our, we have a landscape that we can create wherever we want to go. What do you want to dream? That's why we little kids between two and four-year-olds are dreamers. They dream and, and they, they imagine and they see it. To them it's real. You tell them, be a rabbit. They'll be a rabbit all day. You'll be going over them all day. Because their imagination is so great. They believe it. But what happens as we grow up, we take, the, we have imagination and, and, and we, we have the brush and, and we just give it to the enemy. Now the enemy is taking the brush and, and, and putting the worst case scenarios and you're believing it. Anybody ever heard of VR glasses, virtual reality glasses? So virtual reality glasses, the mind doesn't know the difference. So when you put them on, your mind mimics and, and releases the same chemicals as if you were there. So if you put something that you was back in Jurassic Park, that's where you go. And you're being chased by T-Rex. And you literally start chasing and start running. And then if you, you could put it in and put it somewhere in space 2050 and you're in the moon somewhere. And your mind doesn't know the difference. You actually feel like you're floating. You actually feel that. And so it's funny because... A lot of us live our lives with our virtual reality glasses on. What I mean, you have it on on your past. And even though your past has already happened, you're still feeling the effects today of what happened yesterday because you're too busy being in the back instead of being right now. God is in the now. Tell your neighbor, God is in the now. Take those glasses off. Woo. And so your creative nature is all taken up for, for stuff that already happened. By the way, that's called depression. Depression is you have a VR glasses of your past and you're still living it as if it happened today, but it happened in the past. And what's anxiety? Anxiety is believing the worst case scenario on something that never happened, but because you have the VR glasses, they happen and your body's releasing the same toxins and you're destroying your, your creative nature by the same way by keeping your VR glasses on. That's why Jesus said, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Hey, I need you here. I need you here. I need you here. Tomorrow has its own work. Let that let, I'll give you grace for that. I haven't given you grace for that. I give you grace for today. I need you to take and be a good handler of the grace that I give you today. The mercies are fresh every morning. It's just for that day. We have creative nature. Since we were little, we're creative. Except we've been wasting this all away and giving the, 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 the brush to the enemy. And he's painting whatever he wants. And we're believing that. Because yeah? it takes faith to believe the devil. You got to believe the worst case scenario. You got to believe that those people that hurt you still want to hurt you. You got to believe that. Why believe on that side and not go on the other side? 
God wants to take us to a, man, we're to be dreaming. Like if, if, if these, all these people that in the world have their imagination and they're doing all that great thing, we have that. We should be on top of everything, entertainment, on everything. We should be the top of building new ideas, everything. But the enemy has got us too busy with our past and our future and doesn't let us do the now. And that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to bring you to the now. He wants you to let go of the past, let go of the past, because he forgave you, forgive them, forgiven. Do they deserve uh, what they have coming? It's, it's up to them and God. Why, why are you trying to be the judge? Why are you trying to make even score? Because we go to God in the morning and he gives us his, his mercies are fresh for everything we've done and we can't pass it on to somebody else. It's that we've forgotten that our sins have been forgiven. And that's why we become good accountants in the spiritual realm. And we keep tabs on everything that everybody's done to us, doing, and is going to do. But God wants to take us to another level. And so here, here in this, what time I got? I got a few minutes. Love. Love has got to be established. Agape love, right? And here's a verse that you could memorize. And it's part of the verses that we memorize at Matrix. It says, I'm absolutely convinced, this is my opening verse, that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between me and God's love. Nothing. Nothing. I'm convinced. Tell your neighbor, I'm convinced. And so you got to get your heart in line with this. And so it's, think about it, the word is here, and you're memorizing, you, you're saying it over and over. It's not here yet. It's going to take 63 days. It's 63 days of you saying it morning and day, morning and day. Because once it goes inside your heart, I'm telling you, because now your, your perspectives are shifting. You ever been to an eye doctor, and the eye doctor will, will shift the things, and you'll be like, no, no, I don't see clear. Not that one. That, you ever seen that, how they change the shift? So what happens is when you start memorizing scripture and allowing what he says about you to be true inside your heart, it starts shifting the way you see things. You see your situations differently, right? All, all, all you need is a shift of perspective. You know, oh, this person's against me. Well, how could God get the glory out of this? I'm not even going to deal with it. I'm going to allow God to do it, right? Your, your perspectives are shifting because if you're running a race and you're going and running a race, you have no time to talk, talk to the people in the bleachers. If they're, if they're talking, it, it, that means if you stop, I'm running my race. If I stop because he says something, I stop running. So I'm not so preoccupied with what's going on on the side. I'm preoccupied with what's before me because I know that God's going to finish what he started with me. And as long as I keep focused on what he says, as long as I keep going what he says and he tells me, then that is what, that's my purpose. And so here it goes. The first one is love. This will establish in your heart love, the love that God has for you. That way you can love others with the same love. You do that, you're wrecked. That's one. That's one of the foundations. Here goes the second one. Remember I was saying earlier, love establishes us to get an identity of who we are, the best of us. But when there's no love, guess what's the next thing that falters? Our identity. And look what it says about identity. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Whew. I'm a child of God. I'm not just anybody. I'm a child of God. And when I say it, like, you say it with such conviction, but that's who I am. My identity is found in Christ. I am a child of God. Do I stumble? Yeah, but he picks me up. The perfection, the sanctification is a process. Tell your neighbor, it's a process. And as we're doing this, it's shifting the way we look at things. Our identity is shifted. I'm not worried about who's posting about what and what's said about who and what Bochincha is talking about, what Bochincha. I really don't care. My identity is not found in somebody's mouth. 
My identity is found in what God says about me. And that's the count. I'm going to keep my eyes focused. I'm going to build a foundation on what he says. Because if, I, if I'm standing strong where I'm at and you say something about it, you're not moving me. You're not going to bring me beneath. I am on top. Why? Because I, I know that I know I'm convinced. I'm convinced that I'm a child of God. I'm convinced that God loves me. I'm convinced that his love towards me will nothing could stop it. I'm convinced. I don't need. I, I'm convinced. Paul said, I'm convinced. The next one is F. Freedom. You know how freeing it is when it doesn't matter what people's opinions say about you because they have nothing to do where you're going. Their opinion, God is not asking for their opinion to vote you into your calling. Your calling is your calling despite what people think about you. And when you have this and know that if God's for me, who against me, that. I remember when I was younger and I grew up in Newark. And so we went to a, a school in, in North Newark. It was all Spanish people. And so we were cool. And I was about maybe 10 or 11 years old. And we went, went, moved to South Newark. And it was more African-Americans there. And so I was the only Spanish guy and one more. So I grew up around... My mom taking me, right? And so I was like, I was telling my mom, mom, don't take me to school no more. I'm grown. You know, when kids are 12, they think they're 20. That, that, that's. So my mom let me go. But I didn't know um, it was a different culture that I was going. So I started getting bullied, and they started taking my lunch money. And so I was kind of savvy. I had business mind, right? I wasn't really a fighter, but I was savvy. So I got the biggest guy in school, and I, I gave him, I will get $2 for lunch, right? So I would pay a dollar to my bully. Uh, to the guy to protect me as my security and one dollar for me is better than having nothing. <laughs> so I'm walking around. I look behind, he's behind me, right? That's my, that's my, that was my first employee, isn't that crazy? I had security. Come on, security. And I, the thing is that since I was the boss, whatever I say goes. Come on, all right, let's go. And it always happened at, at lunchtime in front of me, take my lunch. But this time, I had security. So I'm going over there. And it's funny because when you know that someone's got your back, don't you walk different? I was going to lunch like this. I didn't even have a swag back then. But because I had security, I was like this. And somebody looked at me and be like, what? <laughs> it wasn't that I was going to do anything, right? What made me bold is who I was walking with. It got for you. Who against you? Like David said, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? He was like probably like 12 years old looking at this giant. And he looked at him as a grasshopper. Who is this to come against us? What did David have? David had the heart of a lion. David's like, what? If God for us, who against us? And that's the attitude that we need to have established in our foundation. God wants to build a ministry in your life, but these principles got to be established. You got to be convinced of these things. Because if you're not convinced as you move up the ladder, the light will destroy you. If you're not as stable in what God called you to be and do, this will destroy you. Because you what? You're in the sand. You built a ministry on sand, not on stone. Because a gift is a gift. But without the character, it's going to fall. And that comes through knowing and understanding who you are, letting God build the identity of who you are. 
You're like, oh, righteous people do right things. Like I was, I was talking to uh, Juan, one of the guys that came over, and he's like, you know, even when I fail, I say, I'm the righteousness of God. So sooner or later, my heart will, will receive it, and that's who I am, right? But, but that's because he understands who he is. His failures now are going to be a stepping stone to take him to another level with God. But he's not looking at it, oh, my God, poor old me, the Lord, pray for me, I keep falling. No, he's like, espera, vela. <laughs> You're the finger, hey, wait, watch. You watch, just keep looking at me, because watch what God's going to do in my life. You bring the worship team up? Pastor, you bring the worship team up? There was a song that was so profound, you guys took me in. I think it was the first one. I know who I am, who you say I am. That was the song? What was the first song? I just know songs, uh, the names. It says, I am who you say I am. You guys wrecked me. It was the first one? Champion. Yeah. There, there you go. I can't sing, so. I told my wife one day, I got the gift, it just hasn't manifested yet. Why are you laughing? They got for me, right? They got for me, who against me? And the, and the last one is E. Whatever it is that you're battling, I'm going to give you a tip real quick. Whatever it is that you're battling, see what God says about your situation. But don't, just don't read it. Just don't read it and put it, put it away. Make that your word. I guarantee you, I guarantee, listen to what I'm telling you, I guarantee you that as time goes on, you keep repeating this, that same situation that you looked at it as a mountain is under your feet. Did it change? It didn't change. You know what changed? The way you perceived it. And so a lot of times we read a good message or Pastor Pastor Roe will give a message. We're all excited, right? Ooh, right? It's here. Yay. But unless it drips into your heart, it's not yours. It's Pastor Rose. Because a preacher will always preach from a place of what he knows. And you're like, man, that's, man, that got me revved up. But how long is that revving up is going to take you unless you let it drip? Tell your neighbor, let it drip. And to let it drip, you got to allow that to be yours. What is it that God spoke to you today? Whatever verse, whatever it is, take it, make it yours. How do you make it? I just told you how to make it yours. Go home and say, this word is going to be mine, and I'm going to implant it in my heart. And watch, man, something's going to happen. Oh, I know, I know something's going to shit. And the, th the funny thing is that, I don't know about you, but when I start doing something and it works, I just keep doing it. Hey, this works. <laughs> right? When I was doing witchcraft, I was like, I don't, I don't understand it. I just put my underwear backwards and it, and. Things happen in my life. You th they, they be doing some crazy stuff. I, I'm not even going to sit there. But I'm like, I don't, I don't question it. What is it, fruit loop? What, which, what color? I don't know. You tell me, I'll just do it. All I know is that I will go to the dealer and we'll sell cars or whatever. <laughs> I was walking like this all the time. <laughs> so I did it because... It worked. What if you took the word of God? And he tells you, hey, spend some time with me. He's not telling you to put your underwear backwards. He says, spend some time with me. Why don't you, why don't you, 
I'm going in a fast for 40 days. I'm going in January. 40 days with just water. I did 30 last year. And he told me that when I was in my last fast. So I know it wasn't, it was God because my flesh didn't want to fast no more. <laughs> but when he tells you to do something, he does it because he wants to show you something. There's levels in your life that are only going to come and shed off by following the instructions of God. What is God telling you to do in this season? Is it maybe take some time off your Facebook and take that same time and invest it on some scripture? What is it that you're willing to give up so that God, to make room for God? If you go to the, if, if I take all my family in my car and, and I want to pick up God and there's no room for him, right? But if I make room for him, then he'll take that car someplace that I could never even imagine. Am I making room? Am I making room? Like this is a question that you got to ask. Am I making room for God to transform me? Or are we waiting for a feather to touch our forehead and everything changes? It doesn't happen. I'm sorry. But I could tell you truth, and this truth will set you free. And the truth is that if you, if you read something and like, here, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God. The gift of God. You can't buy it. And, and if it comes with a condition, it's not a gift. It's a gift. I'm an eternal being that I'm going to transfer from here into the kingdom of God. Why? It's a gift. I don't fear my salvation. What? Are you saved? I remember I went, I went to uh, Barnes and Noble and it was one of those uh, religions, the father, mothers, and they was like, are you saved? And is your family saved? I went, we are, are you? Like, it was no doubt in my mind what I was saying. Why? You're not going to move me with a lie. You're not going to move me with something that I'm stuck. It says, I have a gift of God. That's eternal life. And it's not based on me. It's based on a man called Jesus Christ that 2,000 years ago took up my shame, took up my pain, took up my faults, took everything that I missed, and he made me perfect. I am. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.